Welcome to the cemetery. I'm former gravedigger Nathan Barnett from spooky old New England, now living in Los Angeles, and you're listening to Grave Stories. I don't know if I'm doing the intro right anymore. I listened to an old episode the other day, and I was like, wait, I think I said it slightly differently. Now I gotta check my whole thing, my whole gimmick, my catchphrase. I've blown it. Well, it's good enough. Does it really matter? Of course it doesn't. What matters is the ghosts. The ghosts are number one. And oh boy, do we got some serious ghosts today. This is a good one. I'm doubling up. I just did an episode the other day. It's only a few days after Halloween right now. I hope you've listened to that one. It's on Spotify, by the way, to follow up from my problem I was having with the uh, logging in of Anchor app and Spotify. I have solved it, as you, hopefully some of you have realized, because you listen to it on Apple. And I got it up. I got it on Apple and Spotify and on YouTube. So if you want to listen to them there, go for it. But I'll also be putting these on YouTube. I truly love doing these. Clearly, it's not the most... Uh, the what's the word digested piece of entertainment content that i make but i love doing them don't care if nobody listens to them because it's fun for me to look into these stories experience them myself and then record them and throw them online so for those who do listen thank you and if you do want to support and keep me going it, uh, it would be amazing if you were to support on Patreon. That's the number one spot to do it or becoming a member of any of the YouTube channels. Uh, and when you're our $5 member, I hate doing these dumb commercials. I really hate it. And it makes me angry that I even have to. But I gotta. If you become a $5 member of any of the YouTube channels or the Patreon, uh, you will get into the members-only rooms of the Discord and you can get in the Minecraft server. My number one place on this planet, that digital realm of Minecraft join me uh, and if you want to just chat in the free room and discord most people are hanging out in there uh that aren't members so get on in there anyway i'm going to continue now with the spookus uh this one is amazing um i'm going to give a little intro to this after our next commercial break and by the way yeah the 80s commercials are back if you didn't notice in last week's episode i've gone back to my f- true form of the podcast audio version traditional podcast style and we have our sponsors from the 80s that don't even know i'm putting their commercials in my podcast i love them i love 80s commercials i love just old commercials in general so i'm gonna be throwing more of those in there and speaking of them here comes one right now my roommate said gee shelly your skin looks really good it couldn't be because of dove i said jen it must be we asked women to give up their soap and use dove for seven days I had some dry spots right here. After using Dove for seven days, they're gone. Dove contains one quarter moisturizing cream. Its non-soap formula won't dry your face like soap. Everybody wants to look touchable. With Dove, my skin feels wonderful. You know, normally when I come back from the commercial break, I go, wow, I can't believe we got such a great sponsor. And I actually don't know what the commercial is while making the recording because I edit it after. But not today. Today, I've planned ahead. I know the commercial that just played, and it was the Dev Soap commercial. That commercial is so funny to me just for the way that first of all there's a couple things that seem pretty off to me in this commercial that one lady who looks like she's in her mid 40s she kind of surprises me when she says my roommate and i was like what your roommate oh because oh. in the 80s you just assume everyone's like a straight 
boring old married couple living with their husband or wife or significant other. And she throws that out like she's a college student. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess people got roommates at all ages. I'm 42 and I live with my brother. So who am I to talk? Anyway, that was off-putting, threw me off for a second. And then the best part of the commercial is when the lady's talking about her skin. She goes, I had a dry spot right here in this one specific section of my cheek. And then she goes, and then it went away when I started using Dev. <laughs> Let's listen how she says it. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> I said, Jen, it must be. We are oh, I missed that. I just missed it. My roommate said, gee, Shelly, your skin looks really good. No, that's the roommate lady. But Hang on, we're listening to this whole thing down. again. I said, Janet must be. Oh, was that it? I talked right over it. I'm an idiot. I swear it was the uh, second, no, it's the second lady. My roommate said, gee, Shelly, your skin looks really good. It couldn't be because of Dove. Yeah, she says Dove normally. Okay, we're going to get to this next lady. This is the highlight of the podcast. Here we go. Here she is. Oh, dry cheek lady. Here we go. I had some dry spots right here after using Dove. Dove? After using Dove? After using D-U-U-O-V, Dove, (laughs) the skin cleared up. I love it. That was a great one. Wow, aren't we all glad that I planned ahead and I knew the commercial so I could go on this pointless rant about the woman doing saying the word div. Anyway, thank God div has sponsored this episode for $0. Now, if only the people out there who are saving money listening to this podcast, saving their cash by using Dove, a cheaper soap, they would have their leftover money to give to me on Patreon. Wow, I hope that's how the universe works. All right, anyway, let's get to it. The point of this episode is to tell you about this amazing story that I have heard. Uh, It's by this woman. It's a thing this lady experienced. She lived this experience, and she tells this tale. She's told it on uh, a gym Jim Harold, I think, is the guy's name. He has like a, a show that she was she came on. She told the story. Um, her name is Antoinette Shippers, uh, they, but she goes by T I. It's T I Y I Shippers, and she pronounces it T I. And she is from Chicago. She's from Illinois, uh, the Chicago area. And this took place like outside of Chicago in like a small town named Ashland in Illinois. I uh, don't remember the year that it happened. I think it was the 80s. But this woman, you can find it on the internet. You can look her up and she like tells the story. So I'm going to read her story from her perspective today. So here we go. Strap in. This is the true account of T.I. Shippers and the Roadhouse Saloon. It was a midsummer night and my friend Bob and I had traveled an hour and a half from where we were staying to go hear a band play in Ashland. Bob was friends with the band, and we listened to the band, and we stayed after they played. We left there maybe 1.30 to 2 o'clock in the morning. Nobody was left in the bar. They were putting the chairs up, and we got in the car and started driving. Now, it was one of those super dark nights, like it was overcast, and it was moonless, and where this takes place, there are no city lights, there are no towns. Even when you drive by the farms, they only have those halogen lights by the farms. We're going through the woods, and there was nothing. It was so dark, it felt like you could not see beyond the headlights. And so with animals and deer, we were kind of watching closely, but it was like the light just was swallowed up as we traveled. And we were listening to music and laughing as we were going along. 
After about an hour, I started to feel like I really needed to find a bathroom someplace. And so I said, where are we? How much longer do we have? And he said, well, we're about halfway. I'm like, oh, dang. Well, drive faster. So we kept going. As we turned down and started heading south with about 33 to 35 minutes left of the drive, I noticed this bright red glow off to the left. And as I looked, I saw neon signs and it had the open sign and it was a sign that said the Roadhouse Saloon and it was on the other side. So we had to come back and cross the two lanes and then we pulled into the gravel parking lot. There were a few cars, maybe three or four old beat up cars. But what was unusual is it was really late and it was probably almost three o'clock in the morning by now, maybe just shy of that or just after, I'm not positive. I didn't notice the clock, but it was still open and there were cars. So I said, oh boy, I'm safe, pull in. I got out of the car and Bob got out of the car and it had a door that was one of those like quilted doors and it was a heavy door as we were walking in. So I told Bob to just order a couple of beers and I was going to find the ladies room. So that we walked in and as we walked in, everybody in the place turned and looked at us and almost simultaneously went, hi. It felt almost like we were expected. So Bob went to the bar and it had this big horseshoe shaped bar as you come in the door and the bathrooms were around this side. And as I walked around, there was a pool table and there were two guys that were standing at the pool table holding a drink, I believe, and leaning on their pool cues. And then there was a dance floor and I just went past them and found the bathroom. When I went in, the lights were off. So I did what I had to do, wash my hands, put the paper towel in the bin. And since the light was out when I came in, I turned the light out as I went out. And Bob walks up to me and he's got a long neck beer and he hands it to me. And as we were pulling in, this is a really important part that I left out. He said, Roadhouse Saloon. I've been wanting to come here because Bob lives there year round. He's the caretaker for the family property. And he said that people were talking and they had this big mural painting there. It was this huge wall, probably 17 feet or something big, a huge wall mural. And so he said, oh, this is great. We got to go in and see the mural. So he hands me the beers as I come out of the bathroom and we turn and start walking towards the mural. As I come out of the bathroom, this young man comes walking up to me and he's holding a beer. And it's a glass beer that's kind of slosh and he's teetering a little bit and he smiles, his big smile, his teeth are kind of discolored and he says, hey, do you want to dance? And I walk with a cane. So I just pointed to the cane and said, sorry, I can't dance. It was like, once again, the cane saves me. And so he just kind of wanders off to the jukebox. And as we're walking towards the mural, the jukebox was left on and it was this antique Wurlitzer beautiful jukebox. It was the round topped with the neon lights inside and it played vinyl 45 records. You don't see those anymore except in museums. And he goes over and he drops a coin in and a record goes down. And as we started walking across the floor, the song that started playing was Chubby Checker, Let's Twist Again, like we did last summer. And everybody was just kind of standing there and a couple of ladies get up few people get up and just kind of shuffle dance as we walk across the dance floor to the mural. We're looking at it and it's a very unusual painting. It was like a stage backdrop, almost in the way it was done because the picture sort of faded out at the edges. So it looked like it was trying to create an illusion. That was part of the saloon, although the characters were larger than life. And if you were at the other side of the room, you could almost imagine a movie scene on the other side. But the way it was painting was with really like almost garish colors. The perspective was off a little bit and it looked like it was bottom lit, like footlights coming up. So it was kind of very, it was disturbing to look at to me. It was not pleasant. It wasn't like, oh, look, the old West. It's like, oh, that's, you know, it's kind of weird. So we're just looking at it and the record stops. 
And then I think it was about this time that Bob turns and looks over to his side. And he's looking up in the mural and he's looking at the guys and the guys never started playing pool. I don't think I heard pool balls at all. I didn't notice other people. They were holding drinks, but I didn't notice anybody else drinking or really doing something except when the guy by the jukebox put another quarter in. And this was after. There was probably a 10 minute break between the first song and then he put another quarter in the world, sir, and the same song started playing. And once again, people just kind of stood up. So the ladies walked out onto the dance floor and the pool guys set the stuff down and just kind of danced a little bit. And then this music stopped and then they just stopped without talking. Nobody was talking. You know, it was a bar and they just went back to their places. And that's when Bob noticed. We watched him go back and we're just kind of looking at each other. This is just weird. Yeah, these people are odd. And he looks at the mural and he looks at the guys over by the pool table and he nudges me. He says, T.I., look at those guys there. And in the painting, there was a gambling table and they were gambling sitting around the table. And he said, look at those guys. And then look at the guys at the pool table. And I'm trying to look being nonchalant. And he says, don't, you don't, don't draw attention to us. I'm looking at it and it was them. It wasn't identical, but it was clearly them. I mean, it was the same body types, same facial features. It was like they're being depicted in that painting. So we started looking at the other characters in the mural and finding them in the bar. And every person in the mural was in the bar. The ladies, one of them was leaning over. There was a piano player. And the guy putting the money in the Wurlitzer was the piano player. And one of the ladies was like one of the barfly ladies leaning over the piano. And there was this younger lady that was up singing, this blonde, but they were all in there. They were all different characters. And the bartender was very striking. He was wearing this tank top t-shirt and he had huge chest muscles. He looked like a farm kid that lifted bales of hay and he just had a tank top on his big muscles and he had this big great smile and he was probably in his 20s or something and he said hi he spoke to us and he was there and he was standing there the same muscles you could see through the shirt he was like a gunslinger he had a cowboy hat on and he was coming in as a gunslinger in the mural and it was weird at first you know these people are obviously regulars and wouldn't it be a cool thing to do if you were a mural artist and take the people maybe they're the owners maybe they're here celebrating a party or something. So it's their place and they're in the mural. And we said, yeah, that's probably right. And so he said, well, let's ask them. So our beers were empty. So we went back across the dance floor. And as we walked across the big dance floor for a third time, the big guy by the jukebox, who never left the side of the jukebox except to dance, put another coin in the jukebox and it played the exact same song. Now that sent shivers up my spine. <laughs> okay, I gotta take a break because <laughs> the past like paragraph has been creeping me out so bad reading it. I've listened to this in a while. So now reading it is like re-freaking me out. This is so weird. I would have had the same assumption that these people had. We'd be like, oh, okay. They made a painting of themselves and they made them all selves like these cool characters. Like I'm going to be a cowboy and I'm going to be the piano player. Uh, but <laughs> it seems like the way this is going, that is not the case. Oh man, this is a good one. I love this story so much. This must have been crazy. It must have been so weird. You must have, I, must, I would have thought I was in like a prank or something or in some interactive type of uh, show or something like that. But that's not quite what happens. Let's keep reading and find out. Now that sent shivers up my spine and it does right now still. But if I was smart, I'd have left right then. Now, two times, a person plays a song two times in a row. That could be your favorite song. That could be a memory you want to redo. But three times and nothing else in between? That's just weird. So I said, maybe we should go. And Rob says, oh no, I want to find out who painted this. I want to find out more about that mural. Let's ask the bartender. And so I'm like, okay. 
We go back to the bar and order another beer. And Bob says, so is that all you guys in the mural? And the bartender is leaning on the bar like this, smiling and says nothing. And I'm like, did the artist paint you guys in the mural over there? And he just said nothing, no answer. And so I addressed the ladies on the other side of the bar. I said, that's you guys up there, isn't it? Did somebody, did you pose for this? Or did you get photos? Or how did this work? And they just looked at me. It was like, we didn't speak the same language. They did not respond. Oh my God. (laughs) This is so creepy. Okay. (laughs) And I was like, or like maybe people. And so these, you know, they make excuses. You rationalize. And Bob says, well, maybe they've been here all night. And I said, they're the bartender. So he knows. Well, let's just go back and take one more look and then we can get out of here. And so as we're going back, the music is still playing. And as we're halfway across the dance floor, I look at the mural and there's two more figures in the mural. And there, where the swinging saloon doors are and the corners off to the side there. And you look right there and it looked like there were two shadows. And it was like gray, no features. You couldn't see any features, but you could see that it had no color. It looked, it looked like it was painted to give the illusion of color coming in. And I noticed that it was a woman and a man. And it looked like us, the height difference, curly hair, you could see it. But it was still just a silhouette. And it had a pink skirt, a pink longer skirt on. And the color in the skirt was pinkish. And I grabbed Bob's arm. That's when I noticed that the woman had a cane. Now I gotta tell you, I've just got shivers all over my body retelling this because I feel like I was close to never coming out of that place. If I hadn't had had the cane, I may not have realized what was really going on. And what was really going on is we were starting to become a part of the mural. Not become, I don't know how that is. I don't know how that works or what that is, but boy, I saw that cane and we looked at each other and we said, let's get the bleep out of here. We just dropped the beers on the thing and everybody stood up and just watched us go. And the music is playing for the fourth time. Let's twist again like we did last summer. And we hit that door and pulled the door open. And the guy at the Worlds says, wait. And the door closed behind them. Bam, pitch darkness and no sound. And I froze because I didn't know where my footing was. And I did not want to fall and get stuck there. And the both of us just stopped. And Bob said, don't move. I'm going to go start the car and turn the lights on. And he did. He turned the lights on and he came back and got me. And as we were pulling out, there weren't lights on the outside of the building. It was windows. Windows that had the beer signs and the open sign and the roadhouse saloon sign. And those windows were dark. And the signs were all off. And as we turned, there were no cars in the parking lot. And nobody left when we were in there. Nobody arrived. Nobody left. And we pulled out and got back on that highway and didn't say a word. We just sat there stunned just overwhelmed at what had just happened. And finally, we looked at each other and said, did that really happen? And Bob said, yeah, that just really happened. And I said, what happened? He said, I have no idea what happened, but we just got out of there by the skin of our teeth and we just drove down the highway. I could barely sleep that night. I just felt like, you know, people disappear all the time. And it could have been Bob and I took off through the woods to go listen to music. We could have never come home and they'd never know what happened to us. They didn't know what route we took. People knew what bar we went to, but between there and where we were an hour and a half of North Woods, they could have just figured we drove off into a ravine or into water or ran off together. Although everybody knew that was ridiculous, but happens all the time. And I felt like that could have happened to me. 
to us. So the next day, it was summer, and all my sisters and cousins had children. My kids, they were younger then. We were spending like several weeks up north on vacation together. So I told them the story the next morning, and they believed me. It was obvious that I was upset about something, and I just said, this is what happened. And then my mom said, oh, yeah, right, that's never going to happen. I said, I'm telling you, you know when I got home and you were watching the kids, and we went to this place, the Roadhouse Saloon, and I have four sisters and sisters in L.A., so there was like more than half a dozen other women there that said, well, let's go. And then Bob and the caretaker, they asked him, so what happened last night? He said, I don't want to talk about it. And they said, where did you guys go last night? And he said, we stopped at the Roadhouse Saloon on the way home. And then, and then they got the story out of him, but I wasn't there when he told it. So it was starting to get more believable to them. So about a week later, we planned a road trip to the Roadhouse Saloon. I did not want to go back to the Roadhouse Saloon. I did not want to go see that mural. I just felt like there was no reason I would ever have to go back there again in my life. But my sisters and my cousins talked me into it. Although it was about 8 o'clock at night, it was still light up there until about 10.30 in the summertime. So we all go up and we walk in. And the place on the dance floor, there were these tables set up. People were eating food. And there's the mural. The bars, they're exactly the same. The thing is set up the same, except the jukebox is not a Wurlitzer. The jukebox is one of those CDs. It was a completely different machine. I have no idea how that could have happened. It wasn't like I went there and hallucinated with Bob together. So I went up to the bartender and it was this young woman. And I said, I didn't want to say what had happened because they'd call a physician or something or somebody else. So I said, hey, where's the other bartender? And she said, what other bartender? And I said, well, Saturday night, there was another bartender here. She said, no, there was no other bartender. There was a young guy, I said. He was really friendly and just a really nice guy. And she said, no, my dad owns this place. And he and I are the only ones that tend the bar here. And I said, I'm sure it was this place. I came into this place, but it was really late. It was well after two o'clock, close to three o'clock in the morning. And she said, my dad and I tended the bar Saturday night and we close at midnight. And I just <gasps> gasped. My mouth, her mouth drops wide open. And then my sisters were, <gasps> and their mouths were dropped wide open as well. So we stayed a short time and then we left and I have not been back since. There you have it, everybody. The Tale of the Roadhouse Saloon by T.I. Shippers. Uh, this is something she experienced. I think it was the 80s. Uh, she originally told this story on Jim Harold's show. And uh, I think she's talked on some other shows since. But I love that one. That is so creepy. It's so cool. I wonder... What happened was, here's a place that used to exist. I mean, it still exists, but it, they visited, they went to it in this weird time warp or something. Uh, I think it's been titled the Time Warp Saloon in other on other websites. But basically, they slipped into the bar in the past. So, okay, so this is a bar, a modern bar. There's an old painting there. And in the painting are the people who used to hang out at that bar. They got into it when those people were still there. They went into the bar after it was closed. So they're like, maybe between 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock on this certain day of year, you can get in to the time warp and experience the bar the way it used to be. That's what the, that's the only logical explanation, which is absolutely insane based on our understanding of the universe and existence. But like I always say, we don't know what's really going on. Science is magic to us before we understand it. I think ghosts are just science that we don't completely understand. And all kinds of things we don't understand. Dimensions and spirits and energy and aliens, all of it. I love it all. I believe in it all. I just don't think we understand what the heck's going on. So, there you go. This is a story that I love. And uh, 
very happy to finally tell this tale. So thank you, TI shippers, for that. Glad you experienced it. Hopefully not. Don't have PTSD from that. Uh, she seems to be in good spirits when she's on these shows. So anyway, there you go. And I uh, didn't have a second commercial break, so we're going to end with one more commercial right now. You'll get it. Do it one more time. Even Pringles are sponsoring the show. A brand that still exists. Oh, I guess yeah, I guess the soap exists too. I guess uh, D- Dove exists as well. Thanks, Pringles. Great commercial. Cool one. If you guys watch this on YouTube, you got to see the commercials. If you listen to it, you only get to hear them. So check out on the Nathan YouTube channel and you can see the commercials. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been a fun one. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all the support. Thanks to the Patreon supporters and all the YouTube members. I love you. Get in the Discord, and I'll see you there. Goodbye, everyone.